Hey guys, welcome to the third American Hard Enduro podcast brought to you by SRT Off-Road. In this episode, we're going to talk about Tough Like Roar, which happened today, July 7th, and yesterday, July 6th. So, hope you guys enjoy. Oh, oh yeah, sorry about the rain noises in the background. We are driving a Sprinter van at about 80 miles an hour on Highway 81 headed south. So, thanks a lot. Hey guys, this is Will with American Hard Enduro. I'm here with Blake Terry. Drew Kirby's actually in the back of the van asleep right now. We are driving back from Tough Like Roar, which occurred today in Tamaqua, Pennsylvania. We are, uh, I guess we've gone through Pennsylvania, Maryland, and we've been in West Virginia for a little while, headed south on 81. Um, Blake. What'd you think? That's a sick race. I mean, yeah, I've never been up there, never seen a hard enduro like that one, and uh, it's definitely worth checking out. I had a blast. I got to watch all kind of riding go down, and and uh, it was it was definitely one of the sickest races we've been to this year. Yeah. So um, the the racing started on Saturday morning. Um, about 10 o'clock the first race was um, the pros and the A's going out for approximately five miles per lap two laps on um, basically one of two different courses and then um, so the first race was won by Wade Young Um, that theme will continue throughout the weekend and then the the second second race was the um, BC and women. So we had a chance to, to go out. Um, Drew and I both raced the um, the A Pro round, and I think Drew did pretty well. He was top 15. I was a little bit further back, uh, top 25. But anyways, so the second race we had a chance to go out and, and spectate some of our other buddies that were running the B and C classes, and um, Drew or uh, Blake had a chance to film and you know just figure out where he needed to be for later on in the weekend yeah i got to ride the entire loop um that everybody else rode so it was really cool to get a chance to to get inside the uh the track and and see exactly what the riders were having to go through and and really what um rob had laid out on the property for them to you know kind of prove how fast and and how well they can get through some of this gnarly terrain that they had and um, really get familiar for myself for the filming uh, with with the layout of the place and and really where people were going to struggle where the bottlenecks were going to be and and tried to get in there and film the amateur guys because you know we had an entire day and two races to do that so um, that that should be pretty cool as soon as we get done driving all the way back to Knoxville um, should be able to put out some of that content uh, here in early week. Yeah, so Rob Moon uh, with with uh, the Reading Off-Ride, Off-Road Riders um, and Tough Like Roar, he's the trail boss up there, and he pretty much told Blake, hey, you have free reign you know, to go anywhere on the property, ride the trail, get what you need to get, um, however you need to get it. So that was awesome. So that was, that was race one, and then later on in the day, I think around uh, 2 o'clock, 
race two got underway, or excuse me, maybe it was one o'clock, race two got underway with the A's and Pros, which was kind of on the right side of the property, and it was also two approximately five-mile laps. It's a little bit different. I kind of like the left side of that property better. The right side is more um, swampy, kind of slick rocks, um, and, and I think the left side is more, um, I don't know, it's, it's almost like concrete. The rocks have traction, um, and you know, the, the whole the whole place is like black coal everywhere. Um, you know, the, the bikes, the truck, the everything's a mess, but that's, you know, that's going to be fun this week, cleaning everything up. But anyways, second race went down, and um, basically they took the top 30 from the combined scores, and the top 30 got to advance to the final, which was today, which is, well, it's just barely today. It's, it's um, Sunday evening, getting late now. But anyways, um, they took the top 30 into that race, and the next 120 riders got to race Sunday morning um, over a combined both of those two courses so and, and they they threw in a few little sections um, with some extreme stuff like those races on Saturday were hard but I wouldn't call them extreme um, they were tough um, kind of grueling and the, and the weather was you know it seemed like it was raining every other hour all day so definitely some slick spots but um, so this morning started out with 120 riders vying for 30 spots to move to the main so there would be you know 60 riders in the main event so we also had a chance to go out this morning with 120 riders and um, you know help out our buddies and dump cold water down their backs and, and do some Facebook live and, and lot of filming so obviously Blake had a chance once again to figure out where he wanted to go yeah and and we also had a little bit of help because that uh you know Bo Ibsen on Saturday uh took a little spill I guess got caught up with another rider and uh cut his elbow pretty good and so we were fortunate to have a couple other people that we knew that uh were available to you know help get some more content for us and so Bo ran the American Heart Enduro live uh, feeds which are already up if you want to go check those out if you haven't already um, I mean I think he ran he ran about an hour at Stairway and you know another 20 what was it 20 minutes 30 something minutes like that. something like that in, in the uh, stair in the 409 section so uh, I got in there I got to Stairway for both sections the first lap and and for the second lap i stayed there for the second lap for uh majority of the pack to come through um it was all i could do to outpace wade to three or four sections throughout the second race today but um yeah it was it was sick it was just gnarly stuff everywhere you went you know yeah so the final was um I guess they started 10 riders every 15 seconds. So obviously on the first row, um, you know, Wade Young and guys like Jarrett Moan and Steven Edmondson and um, Chuck DeLula. Was, actually, Chuck was on the second row. Um, Josh Rugen Smith, Quinn Winsel. Nick Farringer. Nick Farringer. Yeah, Nick Farringer on the Sherco. Um, he was at, Nick was actually riding a, a four stroke this weekend. 
which is super impressive. Um, you know, qualified top top four, I think. But anyways, um, the the first rows went off, and then 15 seconds later, you know, each row went off. I started on row three. Drew started on row two, and so Drew before the race told me he was going to take it easy and just kind of trail ride. Well, when they dropped that flag, dude, he was wide open, hole shotted, and I mean, I could tell he was ready to charge. Um, I kind of took more of a laid back approach. I lined up kind of on the outside, trying to just keep my goggles good because the first turn had this nasty mud hole with just black cold water. Um, so I, I managed to, I think I was about seventh off the start and uh, kept my goggles and then just tried to start picking people off. But within the first mile, there um, there was a nice little gully section with some, some pretty slick rocks from just all the rain we've had and, and you know, all the mud getting run, you know, drug over all the rocks. So I, I took this pretty wild line up and around to the left and I, I think I got, about, I got by uh, four or five people. So I felt like it was moving up pretty good. And then we got up to the 409 section and um, getting into that section, the rocks were super slick. So a lot of people that might not have had the softest bib in or might not have been running the correct tubeless gummy tire setup were really struggling. So um, kind of everything got jammed together with two lines there. So I lost a ton of time. And, ton of positions there kind of right back to where I started Drew on the other hand I think Drew got through there really well um, he was running top 10 um, I think Quinn was leading through 409 followed by Rukin Smith and then Wade Young and he, you know the, Ferringer the, was right in there Ferringer was top 5 right in there and then um after you get through there, you, you, you kind of just start working your way up the mountain. And um, nobody had, had ridden Stairway to Heaven um, in the previous two races. So, you know, you have a, a really cool climb, really, you know, nice rock features. There was a lot of traction. I, even even as wet it, as it was, I felt like it was really good traction today. So then when we cleared Stairway to Heaven, we go all the way up, and, and Blake was filming it stairway to heaven so i can let him talk about that a little bit yeah that that whole section was was just really cool the um the first lap they didn't have the same amount of like rocks as, as the new section that was added in um but it, it's a gnarly steep uphill it it's always hard to make it look anything like it really is like you have to be there you actually have to be standing on the sideline or riding it to really make that look as steep as it was but I mean there was probably 30 to 50 people that had climbed all the way up to the top of that just to spectate everybody coming through and guys were just hooking up and blasting that hill I mean it, it was insane how many guys can ride this stuff now we were all taking over unders you know before before the race initially just to see how many people were going to finish and you know with with the amount of riders that were coming through and how well they were doing that you know i started thinking pretty early like we're gonna see 20 
20 plus guys actually finish this race and even though they hadn't gotten to the hard gnarliest stuff i mean the first part of four and nine is pretty pretty legit but the the second lap through stairway to heaven was going to be even worse but i i didn't see hardly anybody struggle through that first stairway to heaven climb but man i was just struggling just trying to walk around and get some footage of it you know but everybody was through it so fast that it was it was not not really even easy to to film that i mean like it, it, people just blown by it was like it was flat ground you know it was sick yeah i really think people are taking this hard enduro thing a lot more seriously now um and after the race i was talking to um a couple of the riders and, and everybody's just like man everybody has stepped their game up um and you know i'm not gonna say a lot of the terrain we rode over today felt easier but it certainly felt um just more natural or i was just having a lot more fun today than i was having last year and at the same race and that may have had more to do with the fact that it wasn't 99 degrees um and we, you know, throughout the day today, it did rain, but that rain didn't really seem to make it super slick. Um, as long as it was raining, but as soon as it stopped raining, man, it really, it, some of the downhills just got slicker and snot. But anyways, so top of Stairway to Heaven, you run a couple of miles of a trail called Heaven, and um, really nice, flowy single track, which you don't you don't normally see in a hard enduro. Um, and then that kind of turned into the just really rocky, craggy um, ridge on the front side of that mountain. And then you, you start dropping back down. And um, eventually you go through the second part of 409, which the, um, the top 120 had run earlier in the day. So that, that had kind of been ridden through quite a bit so it wasn't bad at all although i did take a spill into this nasty hole at the end of the second part of 409 and bike was on top of me and everybody was just kind of looking nobody really helped me what you know whatever i got out picked the bike up wasted a ton of time and drew was actually saying we, we had talked about that same hole earlier earlier on saturday saying that rukensmith Josh Rickensmith had run in that same hole the previous year, so I think when I got to it, I was looking down there, and you know what happens when you look down somewhere? It's where you're gonna, you know, that's where you're gonna end up. But anyways, drop down the mountain, kind of go through the near the scoring area. But oh yeah, they they had four hidden checks today, which is kind of a new thing, um, which was really nice actually, because you know it, it's always good when you're. If, if you are running by yourself, if you can just stop for a second, get some water, talk to somebody that has a radio, and, and you know, trying to readjust your, your game plan based on what they tell you. But anyways, so the right side, so that was the left side we started off with, and the right side ran a whole bunch of new stuff that we hadn't run all weekend. Um, one section called 50 Mile Trail, was just, I mean, up and down these ridges and all these just benched out side hills, basically. Um, super sketchy. I mean, you could, if, if you, you know, lost the front wheel there and, and your bike, you know, decided to take a little trip, you're in 
big time trouble. But anyways, went went through there. Then um, we did a little bit more, or actually a lot more, of a trail called Bear Shit, which on Saturday we'll call it Bear Scat. On Saturday, Bear Scat just seemed awful. I mean, it on the, the second race on Saturday, especially when we we went over there and kind of spectated the B and C guys. But today, for some reason, I guess because you're just everything you're riding is so much more difficult. The the difficult stuff from Saturday just didn't seem hard at all. So you just kind of cruise through there, and even though the the, the Bear Scat section was a lot longer it really wasn't bad as, as long as you made pretty good choices on your lines and, and on the first lap there were a lot of spectators there and one kid he kind of ran along with me for a minute and he pointed me like two or three really good lines so whoever that was thank you <clears throat> but that section kind of goes down the mountain some more and, and you're way far right of the property I feel like and then you work your way up a hill called bisexual it's called bisexual because it goes both ways um you you climb up and then you have to do a big pivot turn over a a nasty rock on a really steep bank then go up some more and then you do another pivot turn to the right and and, you know that just keeps going up um you didn't you didn't get over there any day did you blake yeah i i did like i said it was all i could do to pace you know Wade, as soon as he came through uh, and a handful of the other riders came through the stairway section, I dropped back down, went on an access road all the way over to the other side. So, you know, he's going through uh, Bear Scat, he's going through the the 50 mile trail, he's got to do all that other stuff. And I'm just, I'm cruising on the trials bike, not going slow. You can ask anybody that was walking around that (laughs) property. I was everywhere uh, and revving the engine, getting spectators out of my way and as soon as I got over to um bisexual hill you know here comes Wade and and uh honestly Farringer wasn't that far behind him at that point and a handful of other guys I think uh Quinn and and Drew and and Josh and a handful of those guys were coming across the top because you came across the top of that before you dropped over to uh, Bear Scat, and then you came across Bear Scat, and then came up Bisexual again, so you were on that hill twice, and uh, Wade didn't even put a foot down, I don't think, as he did those pivot turns. He just friggin' zipped right up them, and as soon as he came through, I ran back down the hill and tried to beat him over to um, the Pit of Misery, which apparently was pretty tough, and I I could barely beat him to the other side, and I'm on a access road like a forest service (laughs) access road and I barely beat him over to the other side just to get like a two second clip of him blasting up that outside hill like it was nothing like you know he he did that you know first try didn't even look at the hill just just freaking sent it right up that and then um, from there it got pretty hairy as well I guess somebody put their bike in a pond and there's all (laughs) kind of holes up there and that I we walked it on Friday but I didn't get a chance to ride or film those sections because there's no other way out of there. Like, you, you got in there, and it's you, I couldn't have gotten out of the way for any of the other riders because it's literally one line all the way out of there. But, yeah, uh, the Bicycle Hill was super cool. Got got a clip or two of it. Um, but, yeah, it, it was 
all I could do to outpace him just to get back around while he was doing it his second lap there. Or actually, that was his first lap, and then I went back over and caught everybody at the, the tough section of, of the stairway, right? Yeah, so what Blake was talking about, the, the pit of McMisery is what, what it was called. When you entered, when you were about to enter the pit, uh, I think there was a sign that was like, that way home, this way to, I don't know, instant death. That's not what the sign was, but that's what I felt like. So you drop down in this just deep ravine, uh, pretty much straight up walls on each side, just gnarly boulders, really slippery, not a whole lot of traction in this area. And it, it, it felt like it was five miles long. It was probably a half a mile. And then the, the last, I don't know, last couple hundred yards, you're, you're, you're climbing up to this kind of ledgy level area, but there is a huge climb up to the left, a couple hundred yards long. Um, so you, it's almost like a hill climb start where everybody's kind of backing their bikes up into this one corner and you had to cross these stupid um, <laughs> tree roots basically and they were so polished off so first thing you, you're, you're sideways on these tree roots and then you're just gassing it and luckily they did have about I don't know seven eighths of the way up the hill they did have a little uh, goat path that they had benched in so I'd, I'd be interested to know how many people actually topped that hill uh, it sounds like Wade did. Um, I tried to top that hill and came within 10 feet. And then the last 10 feet was so loamy. There was just just throwing dirt, not going anywhere. So I ended up going all the way back down to the bottom and then blasted back up it and kept my speed for the little uh, goat path. And, and actually, that way wasn't too bad. Um, as long as you kind of kept your speed, you... It, it was really benched in, and there was one spot where they had to really add some rock to get around a tree, but it worked out going that way. So then, after the pit of McMisery, there was more uh, just huge drops, huge climbs, uh, going down this, you're running next to a lake, you're uh, just... There was this one area, it, it was like the entire side of the mountain slid off down in there, just all this slate, all these slate slabs. And at that point, I was running with Chance Baker um, from Virginia quite a bit. And then, um, so that that's getting really close to the end of the lap. But you, you think you're good because, you know, you've gone through these named areas that everybody's been kind of warning you about all weekend. And, but let me tell you, the last three miles was awful because there were some of the biggest downhills, sketchy downhills. So, I mean, I was, you know, doing everything I could do to hold on, um, getting pretty cramped at this point. But coming down the hills, trying to stand up on the pegs, keep my weight back, you're you're trying to decide between cutting the bike off and, and using the the clutch to slow you down versus just using your rear brake and your front brake and just locking it up and sliding. Ended up going down pretty hard on one of those downhills. There was a kind of a flat, slabby rock that just put me right on my right elbow. And then there was another downhill that was kind of undercut with this huge overhang. And it was just like out of control downhill. And then there was a 90 degree left hand turn 
but luckily they had like stacked some some trees some small like four inch diameter trees about waist high because that's the only thing that kept me from you know shooting on down the hill but I'd heard a lot of people talking about that after the race then you know some the uphills were awesome because I mean a lot of them were like second gear just pin it as hard as you can pin it and you crest the top of the hill maybe you catch a little air maybe you just barely make it but I, I felt like there were about 40 hills that were just you know some of the biggest quick hill climbs I've ever done the problem was the downhills were just as big and way scarier simply because it had been raining but anyways um, that was kind of a lap in a nutshell so made it back to scoring came through scoring I think I was in I think it was a 19th so then we were parked really close to scoring so the, um, the very nice ladies were trying to give me water and I said hey I just want to go to my trailer so they pulled the banner up for me I went parked my bike looking for something to eat quickly I think I grabbed a power bar and some water I refilled up my camelback I dumped my GoPro and my goggles and, and I headed back over uh, for my second lap and I was able to look at the scoring board and see that 20th had come through so I knew I, I lost one position doing that but I think it was worth it went back out um, you know started the second lap and, and so I think I spoke with Chaplain Joe Young when I was when I saw him he, he gave me some water and um, you know I, I was asked him how everybody was doing and he said at that point Wade was winning by about 20 minutes so uh, Blake you, you got anything to add to that no I mean we we were you know up up on stairway and you know we had a handful of spectators that were all you know pulling up the live scoring which was super cool that that we had signal and we had live scoring so we could kind of check on everybody while you were out on the field and that was nice because there was all kind of people just helping tell me where everybody was how they were doing if they had come through or not everybody's texting back and forth and so yeah it, it was about you know 20 25 minutes after you know wave came through we started to see some some of the other riders come through uh that that new section of stairway um yeah so for the second lap they added a totally different way to get up on top of the heaven and it was the most legit like i don't know erzberg slash tko style uh just extreme terrain for a few hundred yards and at that point when I got there of course I brought the rain with me pretty much everywhere I went so as soon as I got to that section the skies just opened up uh, I think Thorn Devlin was right in front of me and then uh, James King was in front of him so we kind of battled up that hill um, you know they, they were struggling a little bit I, I don't know if they were kind of teaming up together and pulling each other and I got I had a really good run I was feeling really good in this section um, I literally at the bottom of that section I broke out my peanut M&Ms and I devoured them and I, I drank quite a bit of water and I just got fired up for this section and, and probably that was the highlight of my race 
Yeah, when you pulled up in there, you were pretty bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. That's for sure. You were <laughs> you were ready to like. Yeah, I looked at Will and I was like, dude. Of course, as soon as you get to the gnarliest section of this lap, you bring the rain, and he couldn't have been more excited. That's that's your <laughs> shit, isn't it? So. Yeah, I don't know. For some reason, that the longer I go, the the more excited I get. Up until a certain point, obviously, but. Uh, so I had a good run of that, and then I got by those guys and, and got through the heaven section, um, dropped down to did, you know 409 again, and, and was having a really good run, and then got to the check back at where we had started. So I guess that was the second check of the lap, and I found Drew Kirby there. So I knew Drew had you know something had happened for him to you know for me to be able to catch him like that. And uh, I was like, yo, what's up? And he he, was, he broke some toes. Um, coming down a massive hill, he, he he jammed his boot in between a four-inch tree and his and his bike. So he said, I think I'm going to you know, call it a day. And I was like, well, can you ride? Let's, I was like, let's do this. Let's finish. Let's ride together. So me and Drew just, we rode as pretty much as, I wouldn't say we were riding hard, but it was hard riding. Uh, we were both starting to cramp. Um, we made it through uh, Bear, Bear Scat again. We made it through 50 Mile Trail. We made it up Bisexual Hill. And uh, we came to the third check of the lap. And um, it was like we couldn't decide what to do because it was, at this point, it was like 5.30 and we still had another hour to go. So... And the, and the Czech people, they were like, well, y'all are the last people. We're leaving. So it was kind of one of those, well, we really want to finish, but didn't want to get anybody hurt any worse. And we didn't, we really didn't want to get stuck in the, uh, oh gosh, McNasty or whatever that's called, the Pit of Misery, Pit of McMisery. We didn't, we didn't want to get down there and not be able to get out with, like, literally there were no spectators. There were, you know, Course workers were far and few between, and they were still pouring. Yeah, and it's still pouring. It's just, you know, it's it, it was a little bit miserable, but at the same time, I mean, we were we were having a blast, but we were miserable. So we decided to forge on a little bit further, you know, to see how it went. And then Drew blasts up the next hill, no problem, and I get hung up. Luckily, there was a course worker there. Him and I could not pull my bike over this one little, just one little rock. I mean, it was like something that normally I should be able to ride right over. So finally, I backed it down the hill. The course worker moved that rock for me, and I blasted up. Drew was waiting on me. It was, it was like I could see it in his eyes. He was done. I was like, man, the mustard is off my hot dog. And uh, was like, let's just get out of here. So we made the, the ride back to the truck, back to the parking area. And on the way, we actually saw Jarrett Moon headed back towards his campsite. He was wearing a big, tough-like roar finisher medal around his neck. So I'm immediately pretty jealous. I'm like, man, we should have toughed it out. But, you know, looking at it now kind of glad we did we didn't because you know someone could have been injured um and we were both toast i mean i was totally smoked 
pretty sure Drew was pretty smoked. But that's kind of the way our race went. Um, what do you want to add, Blake? Well, um, I'll get the yeah, I mean, like, kind of, kind of, as that all was happening, the, those guys were waiting on uh, Will and Drew to get get back in. I um, I was trying to film Wade and Nick's little post race interview, and and uh, they. They were all still kind of out. Like a lot of the field was still out. I don't. I don't even think maybe 15 people, 18 people had even come back across the line yet. Um, while you know most everybody was back out there. Um, our buddy Chad Evans uh, was out of gas and texting me while the award ceremony was going on. Um, and uh, huge shout out to Chad because he rode his heart out over the weekend he he brought his uh camper up um from atlanta for me and will and drew to be able to stay on on the course and and be able to you know have ac and power charge camera batteries to uh, be right there on the on site for the entire weekend which was super great and so as soon as I could, I, I jumped in. A, I found somebody with a side-by-side. I, I can't remember her name. Maybe, um, oh gosh, I can't remember her name, but she was super sweet. She just threw me in the side-by-side. Chad had sent me a pen. So I, I hiked up the mountain trying to find Chad and get him some gas so that he could actually finish because he was not quitting. That guy is, is, a, is a really good rider. And and um, you know we can't say enough about uh, how how awesome it was that he he put up with me and Will and Drew over the weekend and uh, and took care of us and also at the same time was just giving stuff like Roar his all so that was super cool um, you know seeing two Shercos the the four stroke and a three stroke number one and number two uh, four stroke uh, yeah it's well it's twelve o'clock and we're still driving down I, I'm we've been up since six. I'm gonna mess up a few words. Um, so yeah, the Sherco four-stroke and the and the two-stroke one and two. Um, Wade was super nice. That guy's world-class athlete. He's and he's also just you know really nice to, to talk to. Hopefully we're gonna see him at a few more American Heart Enduros and um, you know Nick. I mean, friggin' killed it. He was all over the place on that four-stroke just. I, I don't think we saw anybody else riding one like that at an, an extreme event. Not not as slick and as and and everything there. So that was super cool. Um, yeah, yeah. So the the rest of the um, finishers, and 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 if you finish the two laps, you get a tough like roar finisher medal. So um, it looks like there were seventeen that finished. Excuse me, fifteen that finished. Um, run it down for you right quick of course wade young on the sherco nick Ferringer on the sherco jake stapleton on a ktm um i don't really know anything about jake stapleton but obviously he's a badass he was yeah he was moving. quinn wenzel in fourth on his husky um steven edmondson on a ktm in fifth um i think steven's out of virginia um he's kind of a uh, regular at battle of the goats tko He's a heck of a rider. Then another guy I don't know, Ed Emery, um, on a KTM. He he had a great Saturday. I mean, top top ten all the way. J- 
Josh Rugensmith out of Cleveland, Tennessee on a KTM. Jason Gilliland on his Husky. And Jason, man, that guy is just freaking tough. I mean, he is he's always killing it. Love seeing him in eighth. That's awesome. Jarrett Moon, uh, you know, that's kind of his home territory, but Jarrett is more of a NEPG guy. So to see him finish top ten at Tough Like Roar, it kind of serves notice. I mean, he's a young dude. He's he's putting it together. He's getting the hard stuff figured out. So that's awesome for Jarrett. I'm so pumped for him. He's such a good guy. Adam Hartnagel. Hartnagel. Sorry if I butchered your name. I don't know you. He's on a KTM. Brian Mako, who I believe overall the A-class on Saturday. He's in 11th. Chuck DeLula, the ageless wonder, Pennsylvania native. Uh, Chuck and Shelly, his wife, they're they're just awesome people. We love these guys. Um, Nicholas Dudokovic. I actually saw Nick on... Um, bisexual hill he was at the second switchback he had i guess his pipe had totally come out of the um come out of the motor and he he had it so bent that he couldn't get it back in so he actually hiked down from the second switchback on bisexual which is up there i mean it's a several hundred vertical feet up there goes all the way down finds some tools hikes it back up and then i think some people went with him Repairs his pipe, you know, as best as he could with like a KTM, KTM wrench and probably a, you know, a hammer as a, you know, using a rock for a hammer. Gets it back on there, and he's he told me he lost nearly an hour, which that seems crazy. But looking at his lap times, his his second lap was faster than his first lap. So, yeah, he he's the only one that had a faster second lap, and I guess it's because his first lap he was fixing his bike. Anyways, good job, Nicholas. 14th place was Nick Mellinger on a Yamaha. Um, no no e-start for Nick Mellinger. Good job. Then Robbie Leslie Jr. on a KTM. He was the final uh, official two-lap finisher. So, talking to Rob Moon before the event, I, you know, I asked him over-under on number of, you know, finishers for this event. Last year was 10. He said, maybe 10 again. Let's go with that number. 15 finishing. That's pretty crazy. And then looking back at the results a little bit further, it looks like about 39 guys made a lap. And uh, shout out to Timothy Murphy II. Took him five hours, 11 minutes to make a lap. But by God, he made a lap. So good on him. Um, You know, Chad... He, he finished, um, I believe, Devin Ferguson, he, 32nd. He had a heck of a day. Russell Loudermilk on a Sherco out of, I think he's out of North Carolina, 37th. Um, you know, overall, just an awesome day. Um, I, I really, I think that what the Roar people did for this year's race was incredible. Um, yeah, what a great club. Uh, yeah, they've got a great club. They got everybody there was super helpful. Super helpful, super nice people. You know, cold country in Pennsylvania, you, you don't expect to find such a good, good group of people, but it sure was. Yeah, yeah, man, it, it was super cool. I can't wait to get uh, out of the driver's seat here. And uh, it took 
tomorrow off, so we're gonna, you know, take a nap as soon as we get back to Tennessee and, and dig right in, try to get as much of this footage up. Obviously, we're just gonna probably end up doing just a race teaser and and uh, a few little things like that. But you know, if you subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow us on Facebook, go back and watch the live footage and until we get that up again. Thanks, Bo, for for doing that for us um even though your arm was seeping fluids and you just got <laughs> stitches um he's up there trekking around and and getting that out for everybody and so until then uh you know just just keep an eye out for all the footage we'll try to release as much as we can although you know life and work and jobs will kind of put a uh hindrance on that but we're gonna try to get it all out and we'll see you guys in two weeks for the next one right yeah two weeks from today, actually two weeks from Saturday, you know, a couple days ago, uh, the battle at Fallen Timbers um, in Little Hawking, Ohio. Um, hopefully we'll be able to do a podcast on that race and, and get y'all a whole lot more information because I know people have tons of questions. So we should be either talking to Dr. Steve Thaxton or one of the other promoters about what's going down there this year. Um, you know, last year's event wasn't hugely attended, but it did have a really strong pro class. Um, you know, like 10 really legit pros and then another 10 not as legit guys like me and Drew. But, hey, we had fun. Um, actually, Drew wasn't there last year. He was injured. But anyways, hopefully Drew will get his, you know, toes checked out tomorrow. And, you know, he'll be, he'll be back hopefully sooner rather than later but anyways i forgot to, i forgot to say this earlier but srt off-road is is bringing you all these podcasts uh, they're helping us make these happen so we will see y'all in two weeks and hopefully uh, you'll be hearing from us before then thanks you yeah.